Yeah, I did try to grow a beard once. It came out transparent. And I thought, so that, that just kind of shot that idea down. And, and it did. My wife just looked at me, just shook her head, just kind of walked away. And, uh, but, you know, I was thinking what he said, you know, these, these poor people that lost their lives down in Mexico. You know, I, 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 apparently they were Mormons, and they have a different understanding of the Word of God than we do as evangelical Christians. And I was listening to, I don't know if you ever hear this guy named Bill Johnson out of Redding, California. And he said, you know, we don't worship angels, but they're sure part of, they're sure part of, a, of our lives. Or Debbie, 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 okay. Debbie, Debbie started part of the rest of There we go. <laughs> They should be part of our lives. Amen? Yeah. And it shouldn't surprise us that supernatural things happen. And sometimes it isn't because we're giants of faith. It's because God loves us. Uh-huh. You know, God can move without faith. Yeah. Amen? God moves when we don't have no faith. Then sometimes he expects us to have faith. When Jesus came to this pool of, oh, my God, I'm going to slaughter this in English. <laughs> What's it called? Bethesda. Thank you. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so stuck. I feel like, I don't know if you ever heard of the India Maria. That's what I kind of feel like right now. I'm neither here neither there. And um, But Jesus came and there was, there was a man paralyzed and capacitated for 37 years. And Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And the guy said, I don't have nobody to put me in the water. Well, the question was, wasn't what do you have? The question was, do you want to be healed? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I, th- I think Jesus was just like, shut up. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, do you want to be healed? I don't have, no, I don't have nothing. We're not asking you what you have. The question is, do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be set free? Do you want to be restored? The man had no faith. Amen. Can we see that? Yeah. And, you know, that's a sovereign move of God, a sovereign move of God when he decides not nothing we have to do with it. But some kind, sometimes God just moves in our lives. Amen. Because he loves us. He's sovereign. He's God. He's the creator of the universe. He can do what he wants. Amen. Isn't that good? We don't have to. He doesn't come down and consult with you or me and say, can I do this today? Well, let me check my, 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 you know, my daytime or see if that'll work. No, he does pretty much what he wants. He submits himself under his word, under his law. He adheres to it, but he's also, he's also sovereign and he moves in our lives. And we don't, you know, it's, Sometimes in the faith movement, we get so under law and under bondage that we don't have enough faith. We never have enough faith. And then we have enough. Amen? He said, you had faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Amen? You could say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and, and it would be removed. And when it came to him, one came to him and said, Lord, come and deliver my daughter. She's full of devils. Jesus didn't pay no attention to her. And he said, it's not correct to take bread out of the children's mouth and give it to dogs. That would really preach good. That would that pretty well end your ministry here in Luling, wouldn't it? 
I can just think with my Mexicans. Oh, my God. They, I just know how they'd understand that. The gringo just called me a dog. Acabo de llamarme un perro. Nunca voy a venir aquí otra vez. Voy a la autoridad. Vamos a meterlo en la cárcel. But I, I love the Canaanite woman besides everything else. He says, but even the crumbs... Even the crumbs that fall off the table of God are sufficiently powerful enough to do what they're intended to do. If you had faith the size of a crumb, and that helps me understand a little bit better that I don't need a whole bunch, but I need something. And when I don't have nothing, God in His mercy and His grace can move any way in my life. Amen. So saying that, we're going to look at the life of Jacob. That doesn't fit. It doesn't go together. But anyway, it sounded good to me. Amen. Amen. Jacob was an interesting person. Divinely chosen by God with a destiny, a calling, and he was a, a liar and a cheat. Yep. And you think you have problems. <laughs> Amen. I, and, and I took a step back and I started looking at all these men and women that we made into these superheroes. And I thought, Moses had problems with anger. He killed the uh, Egyptian and buried him. That's not a good way to start out life. Right? Can, can you see that? Yeah. Amen? David had problems with women. We won't even mention Samson. Can you imagine Samson? Well, where are you going today, honey? Well, I'm going out to kill your relatives. I'll be home in the evening. <laughs> I, I, what I'm just saying, don't put, allow people to put you under the law. Yes, you screw up. We all screw up. You don't believe me? Ask your wife. She'll tell you everything you do wrong. <laughs> Isn't it good that we live in the grace of God, not in the judgment of God? Amen. Aren't you glad you chose mercy instead of judgment? Yeah. Aren't you glad that, you know, you have Jesus dwelling and residing on the inside of you? That you're not, you know, your hope and faith is not in this world? Yeah. I mean, this world has just gone. I mean, it was... It was bad when I was growing up at the end of the 60s, early 70s. I think everybody was freaking out then. I, it, they can't compare to what's going on today. Amen? Amen. And, and to my personal opinion, I'll just say this. I think these are demonic spirits that have been released from the abyss that have gone out to corrupt the world. Yes. And I, I wouldn't put too much stock in it's going to get a lot better. We're in the end times. You all know Perry Stone? I like Perry Stone because he, he, he's, he's wild. He doesn't apologize. His mouth runneth over. Amen. What's that? Very rapid. And he made this statement. He said, he says, don't think, are we going into the end times or the falling away? We're there. Amen. And so if you're here, you're in a good place. 
If you're with Jesus, you're in a good place because a lot of people have left. It says a parting from the faith. What does that mean? Well, it means that one time they sat in these pews, they worshiped God, they gave offerings, and then they gave heed to seducing spirits. So Satan's not going to come like some some hideous monster. He's going to come and say, you know what? What you guys believe is good, but I have a different perception on how to get to heaven. It's a You've got to remember, Satan was able to seduce one-third of the angels of God to follow him in rebellion. He's a master at it. I was up in Wisconsin. Some lady gave me a piece of sage. She says, here, have this. I'm looking at sage. I'm thinking, okay, S-H-E-E. I said, well, what's this for? She says, this is to purify your heart, your house. I thought, i got the blood of Jesus to purify my house. i got the Holy Ghost. But this was in the church. This was not outside the church. This was at no new. This was not at a new age, you know, Burning Man or whatever you guys call it. This was in the church. She says, "Here, have this piece of sage. You need to purify your house." Maybe she's looking at me as corrupted or something. I don't know. I said, oh, "Fine, thank you. I don't know what to do with this thing." I serve God. I serve God. My hope and faith is in Jesus. When it's all said and done, that's all that's going to matter. Have you been washed by the blood of Jesus? Did you receive Jesus as your Savior? Are you born again? That's all. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? That's all that's going to matter. My mother just passed. My father passed about about a year ago prior to that. I had the privilege of leading my parents to the Lord. Amen. What a great couple. You know, when you don't get along with your dad, it's hard to leave him to the Lord. Right? Sometimes you just got to swallow your pride and just say, you know what? I love you. I want to see you in heaven. Let's take care of this. You're in your 90s. You need the Lord. How many feel like that? How many have ever been able to witness to your parents? How many times do your parents just look at you like you're crazy? I tried living in Mexico for 32 years. This is what my mother says. She said, Isn't there enough sinners here in Michigan? We, you go to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I presented that, that argument to God. He didn't buy it. <laughs> Amen. But God is moving. God is moving. I, I've just been up in Indiana, Elk, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Kansas City, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana. And I preached that rhema five times. And what am I saying? Just let me play that funky white music. <laughs> yeah, you're all from the 70s. You can play that funky white music. <laughs> Amen. Isn't God good? How many glad to be here tonight? Boy, they're, they're happy to be here tonight, aren't they? Man, man. Open your Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter 28. This is a message God laid on my heart when I came out of Mexico. And uh, I don't know if he's speaking to me or... Oh, I, I, before I start, I have a book back there on the table. If you want, This is um, Elijah, the prophet, a life in the supernatural. This, I really like this one. The, Two things when you write a book. Has anybody ever attempted to write a book? Two things you realize right off the bat. You don't know as much as you think you do. And you wish you would have paid more attention in English. 
Amen. And so this is the seventh book I've written, and it just started flowing because I was not confused about the prophetic, but I didn't understand it to the depth that I wanted to. Because I, I believe the prophetic will be very uh, much part of end times. Because Satan's going to be operating the prophetic. There's be the lying signs and lying tongues and lying prophets. And there's going to be a lot of prophetic movement on both sides. From the kingdom of God and from the kingdom of Satan. Amen. And so if you get a chance, grab a book. If you want to leave an offering, great. We've got a sign-up sheet if you want to leave your email or your address just to keep in contact. Look, we're, I'm, I, like Pastor Allen said, I'm in my 32nd year there in Mexico. Almost ready to start 33 years. And uh, what they say, are, are you afraid? No, not really. I think I'd be more scared to be in Chicago at night. South San Antonio. We seem to forget this. The United States has definitely gotten more dangerous to be in certain parts of the city, certain places. But, you know, we walk in the presence and with angels. Amen. 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 Angels are an integral part of our walk in our life. And this is just a, I'm just getting this revelation that, that I need to be more aware, more cognizant, that there is angelic beings. And, and we forget it completely. Amen. But they're with you. They're part of this whole thing. Obama, when he was still president, he, they signed an executive order or something that said everybody had to renew their passport. So I brought my daughter up here, and we were over in, uh, in um, over by Harlingen. And there was a line about two miles long of people trying to get their passport renewed. And I thought, I'm not going to wait, you know, for three days camp out to get a passport renewed. And some short guy came up to me and said, over in the other town, there's no line. You can get your passport renewed there. And I thought, hey, it was worth a, worth a shot. I walked in there with my daughter, and ten minutes we had our passport renewed. I think that was an angel. He just appeared out of nowhere. I was in Guitar Center. I know, okay, whatever. And I was, I sold some guitars in Mexico. I really was trying to buy a bass, and I couldn't. I just, eh, you ever, you know how women get, you know, they just don't like this or that. I was like that with, oh, my God, that, that was just sounding bad to me in every shape form. That didn't come out high. It was my, my heart. Okay, well, see, that, that, that came from the prophetic voice of the pastor. Anyway, I just couldn't get a piece on it, and some guy came up to me and said, over at Best Buy, they just marked them down below half. He said, and I thought, well, that's worth a try. I'll go over Best Buy. And there's a guy who said, yeah, we got this beautiful bass, and it's just gorgeous. And he said, these guys, they know how to sell TVs, but they don't sell instruments. So I got this beautiful bass guitar for less than half. And I think that guy that spoke to me could have been an angel, too, too. Just think about how many times has people intervened in your life and you just think where did that person come from could that be angelic movement 
are y'all looking at me like I'm just coming from Colorado smoking marijuana or something? Okay, who believes in angels? How many believe you had experience with an angel? Okay, this is easier to do. How many believe you had an encounter with a demon? Why can we believe that, but we can't believe angels? I believe that there's angels. And I believe they're going to be manifested. They're going to be more active in these days that we live. I'm just declaring that right now. Amen. In Jesus' name. They'll go to war for you. They'll open doors for you. They'll bless you. They're an integral part of your salvation. They're with you every day, making sure you get to the kingdom of God. Amen. That should give you comfort in today's environment. With all the junk that's going on, one thing that's certain, God is coming back. God is coming back. He is coming back. He's coming back for me. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for everyone that calls on his name. Anyway, I'm trying to get to my message. I just feel, amen. You should see me when I'm in Mexico. Oh, my God. Poor Mexicans. Genesis 28. Speaking about this man with a destiny and a call on his life. Verse 10. Genesis 28, verse 10, it says, And Jacob went out of Beersheba and went towards Haram. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for pillows. And he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, God of Isaac. The land where thou liest to thee will I give to you into thy seed. I want you to understand one thing what God spoke to me. Jacob was a disaster. Amen. He was not a very sanctified individual at this point in time of his life. And I thought, why would you give this, put this call, reveal this to him? And God says, I call things that be not as though they were. Because yeah. we, we look at a person and say, man, that person's a mess. Amen. And God reveals, he, God, he goes to sleep. And how many, how many of you have had dreams that were Holy Ghost-inspired dreams? When you woke up, you didn't have to call the mother-in-law. You didn't have to call the pastor. You knew God gave you that dream. Amen. That's a God-given dream. And he, says, and he said the ladder, he saw a ladder with angels ascending and descending. But what's, 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 what's really important here is that the ladder started began on the ground and reached heaven. And in our normal way of thinking, we think the ladder should start up in heaven and reach earth. God's God. He, it's easy for him just to calm down to us. But the ladder starts on the earth and reaches to the, to the heavens. Why? Draw nigh unto God. 
and he'll draw nigh unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. There, Peter, before he could walk on the water, he had to step out of the boat. And I go across, you know, as I travel between Mexico and the United States, I find a lot of, this is a great church. I find a lot of churches that are not great. They don't even know why they're there. Really. It breaks my heart. You always have two or three, four or five people, that remnant, that want to serve God, and they're frustrated because they can't, I don't know what the word is, breakthrough. They can't commit enough people to help usher in a move of God. And people are stepping back from the kingdom of God. People are stepping back from the gifts of the Spirit. People are stepping back from believing. Well, I'm not one of them. I can't. My life, I have to believe. I have no choice. I need the working of the power, the angelic beings. I need God. I need everything that God has for me. So I need to understand, well, if the ladder starts on earth and goes up to heaven, there's something I have to do. And the first thing I need to do is believe that I'm being led by the Holy Ghost and God is directing my footsteps. And if I make the wrong move, God will stop me. Amen. It's not that hard. How many have had God speak to you? How many have had God speak to you in things you did not want to do? It's not hard to discern that. There's no doubt about it. God says, don't do that. La, 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 la. Don't do that. La, 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 la. You know exactly that's God speaking to you. You're just overriding all your that circuitry, and you're just getting being rebellious because you want to do what you want to do, and you'll worry about the consequences later. That's good preaching. Thank you, Brother Rod. And so Jacob sees angels going up and down. There we go again. Angels going up and down. Responding to the voice of God, ministering to the heirs of salvation, which we are. Can't God do it himself? Yeah, but God created angelic beings to be used. He's created, can't God preach the gospel better than us? Yes, but he created us to preach the gospel. Couldn't God go over there with the Holy Spirit, open the door of the prison and lead Pedro? Pedro. Anyway, Pedro, Pedrito, vámonos, Pedro, yeah, vámonos. Hallelujah. Don't let me play the bass guitar no more. It just, it just throws me. Uh, I'm back in the 70s, back at them discotheques. How many of you remember the 70s? Don't look at me like you're not that old. I, I, can, I can see. You, oh, my gosh. For the rest of you doing, you, yeah, it's fine. Anyway, it says, verse 15, 
14, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in thee thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee. I will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest, and bring thee again into the land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid. He said, How dreadful, how awesome is this place. There is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Once you experience God on this level, nothing in this earth will satisfy you. Amen. And I don't want me to be critical, but I'd say the majority of the Christians have never experienced God on this level. Amen. I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not saying they're not washed by the blood of Jesus. But it's the minority of people that have experienced God on this level. And once you are at this level, you'll never be the same. You'll never be satisfied. The things of the world can never compete or compare. They don't even come close. Why do I keep doing this? Because I've experienced God on so many different levels that I'm afraid of God at this point in time. And uh, what's that? And, you know, I'm, it's, I'm so far into this, I can't get out of it. Amen. Have you ever just kind of stepped into the glory and just think, I'm getting way too far into this thing? You, Some of you are looking at me like, yeah, right. You get into this. That's what Enoch did. He just yeah. stepped on over. He just got into it. He just. Why do you think people like Ken Hagen and Copeland and all these patriarchs of the faith movement, for lack of a better word, could do what they did. They were called. They paid the price. And they just stepped into that glory. And God did the rest. Amen. Amen. It wasn't something they were trying to fabricate. It was what God had ordained for them. They were obedient they learned. They went through the process. People say, well, how do you understand this? Well, try living in Mexico for 32 years. Amen. You learn things. I've ministered all over the United States, part of Europe, and my majority of the time has been in Mexico. And I have learned how to move. When I sense the Holy Ghost moving, I don't try to, I don't try to hook up with it. I try to step into it. Does that make sense to anybody? Just, you know, when God's moving, step on into it. Jesus prayed to the Father before he was crucified. He said, Father, glorify my disciples. Amen. God has no problem glorifying or pouring out his glory or his presence, however you want, however you understand it. But it's his will to pour out his spirit, his glory upon us, his church. And so all these men and women, Catherine Kuhlman, she was wild. 
Amen? He, some, a lot of you don't know who Kathy Kuhlman is, but she is, ooh, she'd wear the white flowing gowns, ooh, and people got here. And what's so remarkable, she died of enlarged heart at 53. But she stepped into that glory. Peter stepped in that glory when he walked on the water for a short time. You can't even step on a mud puddle without going all the way to the bottom. Surely the Lord is in this place. How awesome is this? Jacob receives this call that out of him all the nations of the world would be blessed. And the Spirit of God lifts and Jacob gets up with this great call and he leaves as Jacob. He's still the conniver. He's still the con man. And I thought, we hear all these prophecies, people we have prophesied, and there's still Jacob. Amen. Something is lacking in our understanding of how the spiritual realm operates. Boy, it's quiet in here. Jacob is still Jacob. And he leaves. And he cons his father and steals the birthright of his brother. We, we, that really, in our Western mind, we really don't understand the full impact of it. It's like you got a ranch and $2 million and your brother has just conned that out of you. And so Esau is mad. Jacob is running for his life with a call, with a destiny. But he's running for his life. Does that make sense to you? And so I invite you to turn to chapter 32. And this is what the Lord showed me. Verse 24. And it says, And Jacob was left alone. Something that we endeavored never to be. Amen. Amen. Real spiritual encounters happen when we're alone. David was alone in the mountains. Jesus was led into the wilderness. Paul was in the Arabian desert. Elijah was in the desert. Moses was in the desert 40 years. There's something that transpires that's profoundly deep when we allow or submit ourselves to the hand of God, and he'll lead us out into a place of solitude. And Jacob was alone with his brother with 400 men coming after him. And a man appears out of nowhere, and he starts wrestling with Jacob. And they wrestle all night long. Until the sun came up. And the man that was wrestling with Jacob said, let me go. And Jacob said, 
I will not let you go until you bless me. I want to just say this. Jacob was wrestling with himself. Amen. Jacob was wrestling with himself. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the man touched Jacob's hip and it came out of joint. And Jacob and the angel said to him, No longer will you be called Jacob. You'll be called Israel, a prince, because you have prevailed with God. And I think this is where the disconnect has been happening for the last 40, 50 years in charismatic church. We just think a prophecy is going to just change us completely. It's just, uh, I'll say this, a lot of times when you get a real prophecy, a genuine prophecy from the, from the throne of God, God is telling you, this is who you can be, but you're going to have an encounter with me out in the wilderness. You're going to wrestle with your own self until I change you, because we're changed, we're transformed from glory to glory to glory. Amen. No longer will you be called a conner, a deceiver, a absurd. Now you'll be called Israel, a prince. Because you prevailed with God. When Joshua led the children of Israel out of the wilderness, they, crossed into the, they went across the River Jordan. River Jordan is... It's called the Dead River because it goes, it runs into the Dead Sea. And when Joshua crossed into the Promised Land, God said, You can go no farther because there's been uncircumcised people among you. And that was a sign that they were God of their circumcision. And God said, you cannot go any farther until you circumcise all the men. This is going to sound kind of wimpy, but for a man, that's pretty intense. (laughs) I know women give babies and all that stuff and scream and kick and, you know, just I understand the whole thing. It don't sound fun, but for a man to get circumcised at 30 years old without no Tylenol, without no pain pills, or not, that's intense, okay? Can I get an amen from all the men? <laughs> amen. <laughs> right? I mean, this, this is how committed we are with you, God. We're going to submit to this process, this circumcision. We're not happy, but you know, hey. And so they're circumcised. But anyway. And Joshua says, wait here and heal. And Joshua goes out and he finds this, this man, this, this angel of the Lord. And Joshua says, are you for us or against us? And the angel of the Lord says, no, this is how it is. The question is, are you with me or are you against me? And then it says, and then it says, take off your sandals. For where you stand is holy ground. 
Joshua is going from level to level to level to level to level. But if they would never have allowed themselves to be circumcised, I doubt if he had that experience. There's things in our life, in all our lives, that are holding us back. We receive direction. Some of us receive prophecies that are genuine from the throne room of God. Maybe you need to wrestle with yourself, wrestle with that angel. Maybe you need that name changed. Amen. And I think this is important because we have a lot of, what's the word, charismatics that think they can blow on you, they can sprinkle angel dust on you or whatever, and you walk in and you get all hyped up and you go right back out and you're the same person. You're still Jacob. You have a destiny, a call, and you're going to have an encounter with God. And what I want you to notice is the devil's not even mentioned in any of these verses. I think the devil's so far below what God, in the realms that God moved, that he doesn't hardly take them into account. It's you, yourself, and what God's doing in you. When I was up in Montana, I had a, one of these encounters. And I just had a fit of carnality. Anybody ever have a fit of carnality with God? Then I had another fit of carnality over by Oklahoma City. Then I had another fit of carnality in Mexico. Then I had another one, and God's just saying, is this boy ever going to grow up or get over this stuff? So what I'm speaking with you, I'm telling you the truth. If you want to go on with God, if you want to experience God on a whole new level, a whole new relationship, to experience His power and His presence, there's going to have to be some changes in our lives. It's time that we kind of grow up and start understanding that this stuff is not a microwave. It, you know, we, it, it is a price to go with God. But the, the, the recompense, yeah, that's a good word in English. The recompense is that you're no longer that old person. But now you're moving on with God. You're stepping into your destiny. You're walking in what God's called to do. And believe me, there is no higher calling. There's no there's no other place that can fulfill you that's so exhilarating. That's so fulfilling. I say this after almost 38 years of ministry. There's no other place so fulfilling to be in the center of what God's called to do and you're doing it. But it don't come easy. Amen. Jesus, I'll end with this. Luke 4. And it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, that sounds different strange 
And when Jesus overcame all the temptations of Satan, it said Jesus returned. Now, this is important. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness. And when he overcame the temptations, when he overcame all the temptations, he returned in the power. To me, that, that, that's very significant. He was full of the Holy Spirit. You can go to conference, 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 church service, church service, concerts, all this Christian activity, and get full of the Holy Spirit, but, not do, but you're not walking into authority and the power. Power and authority comes from them desert areas, them times alone, them times of combating yourself and combating Satan. And we overcame the temptations. He returned in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. And he said, today, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach the word, to set free the captive, to proclaim the gospel. That's where God wants us to be. And so you say, well, I'm still a mess. Who was that? Jacob. I've been on the road way too long. I'm going home. Jacob was a mess. But God calls them things that be not as though they were. Always remember this. God revealed to un, uh, somebody less than perfect his destiny, his calling. And he had faith in Jacob. Calling them things that be not. So they were, and that's how God operates. He calls them things that be not, and so they were. Jacob, one day you will be a prince. Pastor Allen, one day you'll be a pastor. When I met him 20, 30 years ago, hallelujah. <laughs> if you could have met me back in the 70s, you're just, oh my God. How we can say that? Oh, my God. He has begun a good work in us. He's begun a good work in us. And he's faithful and just to finish it. If we remain faithful. With God, it's just, you know, I've said this, but it says we're transformed from glory to glory. As we behold him. I think that that process will go on throughout eternity. I just don't think it's just just for this time on earth. I think when we're in his glory, we're going to be changed, conformed, and just getting better and better and better and better and better. You know, we're the sons of God. Amen. Even if we might not feel like it or whatever, that's what the word says. Right. It says if we're led by the Spirit of God, then we are the sons of God. One time God said to me, he said, he said Ron... He said, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in the world. How many of us are in the world? I'm glad you're raising your hands. You're in the world, but we're not of the world. And I thought, well, if I'm not of the world, then what world am I at? And he said, go to Ephesians. And he said, you're seated with me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's how God sees us in the spiritual realm. 
And if we could ever get, if we could ever see some of this stuff in the spiritual realm, we'd have a whole different perception. People that have died and come back, or people that have visions, or been in accidents, and they've seen the glory. I have a friend over there in Baytown that he almost died on the operating table, and he saw that the city God. He said, "I don't have no fear of dying." He said, "I'm ready to go right now." He said it was just so glorious. I think that's, you know, when we start understanding who we are in Christ Jesus, that we're seated in present tense. That's not no future tense. That's present tense. We are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. What world are we? We're of the kingdom of God. And so, you know, I'm getting fired up. I'm getting ready to go back to Mexico. I'm going down. I'm going to start another three churches this year. Why? I have no idea. To expand the kingdom of God. Amen. The best analogy I can give you is when you step into like a pool of water and the water recedes where your foot is, but as soon as you remove your foot, that water comes back. And I'm all for preaching the gospel, but we have to establish something that wa- that water does not come back. And that's why I'm so focused in on during this time. I don't know how much time we got left in Mexico. Mexico could go really bad. Mexico's in a, in a lot of problems. And, I, and I, you know, and I'm I'm a Mexican resident. You can just call me Pepe from now on. I have a green card. Amen. You know, like people want green cards up here. I have a green card that, you know, I'm just, you know, hey, I'm a Mexican resident. So I'm all for Mexico. I want to see Mexico prosper. But the, the mafia has so infiltrated society that it's starting to control society. We're just believing the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. The gates of but you got to remember this. The word says, all nations that forget God will slide into hell. And I'd say this, the United States is not doing that great. No. You get out east with them Yankees and stuff, you, good luck on that. That way, whichever way. <laughs> I mean, I just got back from Wisconsin, Michigan, and Indiana, and... Thank God for South Texas. Amen. Amen. We're still here. We're still serving God. Amen. We we were not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not. I think I think Texas can say that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know, and a lot of states are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just the way it is. But I, I'm not going to worry about what they're doing. I'm going to just focus in on what God's called me to do. And I know one thing, to accomplish what God's called me to do, I have to leave Jacob and step into what God's called me to be. And that takes time, energy, strength, commitment, decade after decade after decade. I'm fine. I'm going to be... I'm just a kid. Amen. Going on with God. Going on with God. Aren't you glad you're going on with God? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. just want to say thank you for praying and supporting what God's doing down in Mexico.
I want to just give this opportunity. If you need prayer, just come here after the service or I don't know what, come now, whatever you want to do. Um, I feel God's here tonight. God's here in a deeper way. Amen. Uh, this is just this is new to me to start moving in a, in a deeper anointing. I'm, I'm, I'm assimilating this. I'm, you know, just because God starts moving in you or on you or through you, you have to assimilate this. This has to be part of your DNA, your spiritual DNA that will manifest in your your natural your life. So I'm, I'm assimilating. This. I just think God's looking for people to use, and He uses the Jacobs of the world. Isn't that good? Yeah. We just don't have to stay, Jacob. Amen. We can progress out of that. We can step into our calling, our divine purpose, wherever that will be. Lord, we thank you right now for this evening. Just raise your hand. This is an act of, you can look at it two ways. You're taking the hand of God, or you're surrendering to God, or you're worshiping God. However you want to do it, but I think this pleases God. Lifting up holy hands without wrath. We just glorify you right now, Jesus. We thank you right now in Jesus' name. We just pray that this church continues to be a light in this area. We pray for Pastor Allen that the work you're doing in him would just be multiplied and increased, God, that he would be even more effective than what he's been in the past. And you bless his family, bless his congregation. We just say the Holy Spirit just come. Come from the four corners of the earth and just move upon Luli, move upon this area, move upon these dead, dry bones, God. Just bring them back to life. We just, we just pray and we prophesy and we declare and we release your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. We release it right now in Jesus' name. We release that prophetic anointing right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, the prophetic, my, my perception is to release new understanding of what God's doing on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still studying this whole thing out, but we're releasing, we're stepping into that, we're releasing what God wants and is doing on this earth. And we, we receive revelation and understanding of that. And there's a deeper anointing a deeper level, a deeper walk that we enter into. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. You know, I believe the the things God is doing. Amen. God is doing these things that we they're happening already and uh, rapidly happening. Uh, things like like I've mentioned earlier, like with Kanye West. I mean, this, there's a there's a move of God happening in this nation right now, and we're seeing some people like Ron was telling me. There's some churches that he goes to, and and they they are still they are compromising the word of God in those churches. Sadly, sadly so. And I said we will not ever do that in this church. They can take our 501c3 and take it away. I that you know that's not ever going to stop us. We're not going to compromise what God says in His Word. And, uh, we're, and, and it's, you know, the end time says they're going to call evil good and good evil. And that's what's happening. We see it all around us and in this nation. But we're not. We're going to stand on the rock of the Word of God. 
And we're never going to compromise. Amen. And you, you shouldn't either. In your own life, in your own homes, you shouldn't compromise the Word of God. There are things that uh, I know people, uh, they're, they're the, the influences that we have in the media and through the Internet and television, that we don't, I think a lot of parents are naive about what their kids are doing. And so we need to be aware of what's happening in the world around us that we're living in right here in Luland, Texas as well. And uh, it's, it's, it's tragic, but the angels, I think, boy, that was good. Because we need to be reminded of that, that the angels are they're, they're in charge. God's put them to, to protect us and keep us safe. And uh, he's going to do that. You, you just need to realize that God is faithful to protect those who love him. Yes. Amen. And so you just stand strong in the ways of God. And listen, I know I can still tell you today, I, I keep going back to that all the time, when I was 14 and I had that experience of salvation with the Lord at 14. I'll never forget it. But that was a deep, that was a deep moment for me as a young boy, a teenager, to come into the presence of God like I did. It was like tunnel vision, I tell you. I, all I could see was that preacher preaching the Word of God to me. And it was just like it was from his eyes to me and his mouth to me, just coming straight to me. And I'll never forget it. But those are the, those are the moments you need to pray for that you will experience as well because that will sure change your life. You have, that, you have that intimate moment with God, it will change your life. Yes, you won't, you won't remain the same. You may still be called the same name, but you're not the same because you just got a new name. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So remember that, to, to just be praying for those moments. Pray for that time that you can have with God. Amen. Those are precious moments. Amen. God's good. Would you be seated? We're going to receive an offering for this ministry. He said... Uh, I think in your newsletter was you saying that it costs about six thousand dollars for a for a church to build up to build those churches you build. Man, and I, they just put them cinder blocks together, and you you standing right up there with them. Yeah, are you the architect? And do you do all that? Do they have plans? It's just in your head. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh man, listen, if you want to give tonight to. To the ministry, you'll be blessed. I'll guarantee it because we've been blessed. He asked me sometimes. He said, "What do you what do you attribute uh, the blessings that God how how God has blessed our church so much?" He said, "What do you attribute that to?" And I tell him every time because we don't keep it. Every every bit all the money that comes in here, we put it we send it right back out into missions and ministries all around the world. And uh, I believe that's why God blesses us. And you, you people are just great givers. You just love to give. And it's because God's blessing you too. Amen. And if you're not, if you're not giving, you're, you're missing out. I'm just telling you, you're missing out. Because you can never outgive God. We've learned that here at Maranatha. We can't outgive God. Every time we give Him more, then we think, oh, we got you now. He sends another supply in. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. And so we just give him all the glory for what he's done in this church over the 33 years that we've been a church. It's amazing. Amen. And so if you're giving by check tonight or something, just make it to Maranatha, and we're going to give it. We'll give him one check for the total. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. What a privilege and honor it is to, to serve you 
and I know Ron feels this way as well, to, to be called to do what you've called us to do on the earth is the greatest calling for any person. And then to be obedient to that call, to step into that, is just amazing, Lord. Help us all to do that. We're not all preachers. We're not all teachers. But we're all called to tell. We're all called to go and tell the world that we live in about you and all that you've done in our lives. Help us to be obedient to that calling in Jesus' name. Bless this ministry. Bless this seed that we sow tonight. May it flourish and grow into many more churches there in Mexico. In Jesus